The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Uh, I'm not going to ask how the Montreal Canadiens are now because I already know what the answer to that question is. They're all injured or they have COVID uh, or maybe both. Who knows at this point? Um, Honestly, I'm struggling to see how the NHL is even continuing on with games at this point. The World Juniors got canceled, uh, obviously because of all the COVID cases that they were having there in Alberta and, you know, games being forfeited. Um, and the, But the NHL somehow is still just soldiering on. And we know that they've talked about wanting to try and make sure that, you know, teams like Montreal, their cash cows for the sake of revenue sharing can continue to have fans in the building. But uh, the province of Quebec just announced today that we're going to be having our curfew coming back. Seems like it's going to be 10 p.m. to 5 a.m., uh, which means at least for the next three weeks until that curfew goes away, for sure there's not going to be any home games or at least not any fans at the home games if they're even able to have them. So I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think we're looking at probably some more postponements at the very least, and who knows, there could be a shutdown in the future. But for now, we soldier on. And your Montreal Canadiens on Thursday night, they lose 4 nothing to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Abzaz and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and I am a little bit pissed off about that one. Just a little bit. Hard to get full-on pissed off about any games right now, especially with all the players that are out. But that that one kind of just rubbed me the wrong way, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you why. I, I wanted to avoid doing a recap for this one because, obviously, uh, I don't want to just recap four goals for the other team and not even talk about any scoring from my team. But let's do it because it might give a little bit of context to why I'm angry, right? So first period starts off, it's actually pretty decent, right? The first 10 minutes, the Habs are not doing so bad. Frankly, the first 10 minutes were some of the driest hockey you're going to see. There were two total shots in like the first nine and a half minutes. One shot each on goal. It was There was not a lot of action going on, but it was nice because the Montreal Canadiens were holding the other team, a, a much better team on paper, again, to very few shots, so really good defensive hockey, which at this point, I could take that, right? But then it all goes off the rails. Uh, Alex Belzil takes a hooking penalty 200 feet away from his own net. Uh, Hurricanes go on the power play. Nito Niederreiter cleans up a rebound and makes it 1-0. The Habs get a power play. It's absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. Sebastian Ajo gets loose on a two-on-one, feeds Toivo Teravainen, and he makes no mistake. It's 2-0 for the Hurricanes. So the Habs have now given up a power play goal, and they've also given up a goal while they were on the power play. So they've given up a shorthanded and a power play goal in the same period. Beautiful. Cédric Paquette, after that, missed a completely wide open net from about three feet in front of it. More on that later. But anyways, end the first period. We're only down 2-0. It's not so bad, right? It gets worse. (laughs) Second period, the Habs get another power play. Uh, It sucks again. 
uh, but they blow that one by taking a penalty. And then, of course, the Hurricanes get that little tail-end power play at the end of the 4-on-4, and again, they make no mistake. Uh, Casey Nikas throws it across ice back to Toivo Teravine, and he gets his second of the night. It's 3-0 for the Carolina Hurricanes. And then we go into the third period. Obviously, third period, it's a pretty much a nothing period. Uh, Habs aren't getting any quality chances, but the Canes aren't getting very many of their own either. So pretty even, uh, not so bad. But of course, they get a power play. This time, it's Seth Jarvis coming down from the point, fires it in, makes it 4 to nothing, and that's how the game would end. All four Carolina goals coming from special teams. So that's really my source of anger here, right? I could understand this team losing. I mean, you look at them on paper. They had Brandon Baddock out there. Brandon Baddock is is not an NHL player. It was, it was you know, all, all power to him. I'm super happy for him that he got to play a game in the NHL. He is not an NHL player, right? Um, they have a number of players who are probably better served being in Laval right now, but they just don't. They don't have enough of their regular bodies to to leave these guys down in Laval. They have no choice. They're calling everybody up, which is is nice, and I, I like seeing some younger players up there. But what's going on with the special teams? Why are we giving up two-on-ones left, right, and center when we're on the power play? I mean, I understand, again, we're expected to lose games with this current lineup. We're expected to lose in general. Even when they're healthy, though, they're bad on special teams. Their power play is abysmal, even when they're at their healthiest. So I ask again, when are we going to see a coaching change? When are we going to see some kind of change on that front where you put somebody in place that can actually develop a system that would be a little bit more plug and play, right? It shouldn't look that bad when you're on the power play. If I counted correctly, I think they gave up three, maybe four, but I think it was three two-on-ones while they had power plays. And most of those were coming from like having four guys down basically below the hash marks. At, I mean, I, again, I understand. I understand 100%. We have a lot of replacement players that are in the lineup right now. But do you not talk to these replacement players before you put them on those units and tell them what it is that they're supposed to do? I don't see Laval doing that. Admittedly, I haven't watched all of Laval's games this year. I I think I've watched maybe five or six of them, and I haven't seen that happening down there. So I don't think they're being instructed to do that shit in Laval. Why are they doing it all of a sudden when they come up to Montreal? I don't understand. And I seriously wonder, is this coaching staff capable Even if we gave them the best players on the planet, would they be able to put together a respectable power play unit? I don't know. Would they be able to put together a respectable penalty kill unit if they had Patrice Bergeron and whoever else? If they had four clones of Patrice Bergeron, could they put together a respectable penalty kill? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And that's why I think, legitimately, we got to be having a coaching change. But again... We've talked about this before. I don't want to get too much into it. Obviously, nothing is actually going to happen until we get a new general manager, if it happens at all. So we'll, we'll have to wait for that. We did get some news on that front. We know who they're interviewing. Patrick Roy, uh, Marc Denis, Mathieu Darche, uh, Emilie Castonguet. Um, there's a, a few others. I can't remember who else. But, um, you know, uh, things are progressing. That's the point. We, we might have a new general manager coming up soon. I don't think it's going to be before the new year. But apparently they're doing interviews this weekend, so who knows? But um, I'm sure we'll do a podcast about that, absent-minded style, where we'll get some, some, some other brains other than my own so that it's not just me yelling into a microphone. Uh, let's keep talking about the game. What about the game, Matt? Well, 
I <laughs> don't have anything else positive to say about that game. Um, Cedric Paquette, that's right. That's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, he missed the, an, a wide open net, okay, in the first period. And he missed it from about three feet out. Like, you know the great Wayne Gretzky quote, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take? Cedric Paquette misses 100% of the shots he takes and the ones he doesn't take. So he misses 120% of his shots. (laughs) Riddle me that, stats people. How's that possible? How do you miss 120% of the shots you take? Well, I'll tell you. You can be number 13 on the Montreal Canadiens, Cedric Paquette. Um, Arpan Basu tweeted out, and he said, and I completely agree with this. Uh, I obviously, I have to make jokes and I have to say mean things because I'm not as articulate, I guess, as Arpan Basu. But he put it very well. He said, listen, once the Montreal Canadiens lineup is healthy enough, there is no longer any need to be playing Cédric Paquette on the Montreal Canadiens lineup. And I agree with that 100%. As soon as they're healthy, they got to, I don't know, put them on waivers, send them down to the minors, whatever. As soon as you have enough bodies that you don't absolutely need him to be there, get rid of him. We don't need to do this anymore. He's not going to become a regular productive roster member. It's very clear. And let's just stop that. Okay? And while we're while we're on the subject of stopping things, let's stop worrying about Shane Wright after two World Junior games and then the tournament got canceled, right? Yeah, he was quiet. He had one assist through two games. And obviously... You know, one of those games was an 11-2 victory over Austria. So you would have liked to see Shane Wright do a little bit more considering where the Habs are in the standings right now and where they project to be at the end of the season and the fact that they will have a very good chance of drafting that kid. But let's calm down, all right? There's plenty of players who tear up the World Juniors and don't make it in the NHL. There's plenty of players who don't do super well in the World Juniors and then they get to the NHL and they're superstars, right? This happens all the time. You can't read too much into that tournament. And you certainly can't read too much into two games at that tournament. I mean, so let's all make sure that we're tempering our expectations. But at the same time, don't read too much into two games, right? Um, We don't know if we're going to draft this kid. If we do, uh, let me tell you, I've seen him play before. He seems like he could be a franchise-transforming player. Um, And, uh, you know, we should probably just try to get excited and, and hope for the best. Um, back to the game. Silver lining. What did I say? I said I was going to give a silver lining after every single game this season, no matter how bad it gets. And this is a tough one, man. Uh, not tough because I have an abundance of options, but tough because that game sucked. It sucked. And um, all, all I can think of in terms of a silver lining is uh, that it's over. <laughs> no. Um, I, I guess I would have to say Samuel Montembeau. Um, he, he played pretty well. So it was nice to see for him uh, to, to have a good game. I don't really think he's part of the future of this team. Um, you know, moving forwards, obviously, I, I think there's pretty clear reason why they picked him up was uh, specifically to have some kind of an insurance policy um, in case something happened to Jake Allen because they knew Carey Price wasn't going to be available. But nice to see, at the very least. It's, it's, a good, uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to see somebody have a good game once in a while. Um, next up is who? It's Florida. And let me tell you, I'm looking at the out-of-town scoreboard right now. And they just put a 9-3 to beating on the Tampa Bay Lightning. So Saturday's afternoon game might not be very fun for anybody. So 
I am going to leave it at that. Uh, good game for Samuel Montembeau. That's the good news. The bad news is our special teams are absolute shit, and uh, they need a lot of work. Um, the mediocre news, if you want to call it that, is that we don't have any players. And Brendan Gallagher might be hurt now, too. So we might be seeing, uh, you know, basically almost an entire AHL lineup with a couple of ECHL guys sprinkled in there uh, when Saturday comes around and we have to play against one of the best teams in the NHL and the Florida Panthers. So cutting it off there. We'll pick this up on Saturday. We'll see. We'll see if it gets any worse. Or maybe, just maybe, they got a good little Saturday afternoon surprise in there for us on New Year's Day. It's a new year. Maybe. Just maybe it'll be a new Montreal Canadiens team. I can't even say that without laughing. <laughs> That's it for the podcast. Uh, we're running a little over 12 minutes. So, uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. As always, thank you very much for listening and à la prochaine.